St. Louis. Welcome to the program. My name is Stuart Rosenblum, President and CEO of Stuart's American Mortgage. My phone number, 314 area code 324-4440, 314-324-4440. Alternatively, just feel free to Google, obviously, you can do whatever you want anyway. Google the Bagel Loan, B-A-G-E-L. If you're buying a house or refinancing and you're going to borrow more than $200,000, no closing costs, no title fees, no lender fees, Nothing. It's easy to remember. A bagel looks like a zero. Just Google it. Go directly to our website. You'll uh, find all kinds of fun stuff, ways to contact us, applications, whatever whatever is easiest for you. That's the name of the game. Today, joining me is the infamous McGraw-Millhaven. Hey, infamous. McGraw, infamous. Infamous. Not famous. Infamous. You, uh, first of all, buried the lead. Yes, you do have no fees. Right. And no closing costs. Right. And while that's very important. Right. Uh, you forgot to mention that Billy Joel is going to be appearing at Bush he Stadium is, this and summer. and I, I actually got a invitation to buy the pre-sale tickets. Yes. And have, has not or have not done it yet because I can't go to the concert. Oh. It's a Friday night. Oh. Do you, you want know, tickets? You know, you could buy tickets and give them to your friends. You know, I thought about that. Who help you out year. on your show from I, time to I time. I may just do that. Yeah. I may now, just do I, that. Now, interestingly enough, I went and had the pre-sale ticket because I have a Citibank card. So you got, I have a Citibank card. Oh, yeah. So a Citibank card holders were allowed. The it's now over so with. You, it's over with. It's, it, it's all right. Yeah, I think Thursday was the last day. You could go in and, and get buy, so and now pre-sale. It's open to the public. Now it's open to the to the general riffraff. Um, I'm going to have to just call my contact. However, get, yeah. however, I saw that they were charging me a fee, and I said, absolutely not. I don't pay fees. They don't know who I That's represent. <laughs> <laughs> so I did not buy the tickets. I figured I'd go and try and scalp them closer to the event. All right. Well, that's a bit. Of... Yeah, I, I keep foretting that whole no, Friday scalping, night thing. You're gonna you're gonna pay extra money. Not you know? no not you know what? Oddly enough, as you get closer to the game, it gets cheaper. It gets cheaper and below, because now they're just looking to unload. Well, I know that the the uh, the San Francisco uh, not San Francisco Kansas City Miami game. That's happening yeah. today right. is like sixty bucks a ticket. Well, that's because it's minus forty two degrees. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the other thing too is I was like they were like four hundred dollars for this for the floor, and I'll pay four hundred to watch to watch Mr. Joel. But Sting, yeah, uh, uh, no disrespect, Mr. Sting. You're no Billy Joel. Sting is a, is a wannabe Billy Joel. I, you're That's no it. Billy Joel. Sting, you're a really nice right. man. I, I'm sure you're a very nice family man, but you're no Billy Joel. Right. So I, uh, I just to change the subject here, I've been gone for the last couple of weeks. Yes. A lot of the listeners know because I've gotten, believe it or not, I think it was something like 10 or 15 texts and calls. Oh, where are you? Uh, where are you? you? And, and, and it said on my, on my uh, message that I'm out of the country. Okay. So they probably figured I was there. Right. I got a lot of calls. I actually did some applications while I was in Jerusalem, which is very fun. You're safe and sound back on U.S. soil. I'm um, safe and sound back on U.S. soil. So it was an interesting experience, but I, I wanted to tell you a little bit about how, about how mortgages work in Israel. Well, I just want on the record that I, um, you went against my recommendation. I was To go to Israel. Yes. You know, it, my prayers work somewhere along the I, line. I, let me let me say this much, okay? We were in Jerusalem for ninety nine percent of the time, right. okay? Jerusalem is business as usual. So you didn't feel worried, well, scared? You no, know, there's a war going on because there's a little bit of activity. But when you walk around in Jerusalem, as in any city in Israel in peacetime, right. 
everybody's walking around with M16s. Right, and there are like, soldiers there. And there are soldiers yeah. there. I mean, listen, there are 7 million Jewish people, and that's the and there's 2 million Arab people that are in the population that are citizens of Israel, and that's it. Right. So you've got going on what you know is going on, right. and they have to walk around with machine guns. Right. So I, I, I knew in Jerusalem, I didn't really feel... So it was relatively it, yeah, normal. I mean, we did we did some unique things, like we visited injured soldiers, and uh, we actually spent some time with families that have lost people during this war, mm-hmm. just to, for solidarity purposes. Sure. Being Jewish and yeah. obviously being being part of the of the of this nation here that I want to be involved that uh, I want to show some solidarity to. Right. So we got to do that a little bit, but outside of that, you know, the the, the malls are bustling. The restaurants are open and packed. Right. Uh, life are, goes on. Life in is going in Jerusalem, and the reason is is because there's a slight. There's really no likelihood. It's very highly unlikely that that people that are at war with Israel would want to target Jerusalem because it's such a small city, and it's one third Arab population. So if they do bomb. Jerusalem, they're going to kill their own quote-unquote own people. They want to do that. So a lot of things you think people wouldn't want to do that they end up doing. Yes, I agree. But that's Jerusalem. I think is is a bastion in this particular situation that is really not being interesting story to tell some other time about another time. Another, if you want to know anything, give me a call up. Happy to tell you of the yeah. experience. But right. getting a mortgage in Israel. Let's talk mortgages in Israel. I'm curious to see how it works there. There's no credit report agency. Really? There's no credit report agency in Israel. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is you kind of you kind of haggle with the banks on getting a mortgage. Really? So you put one against the other. There's no real mortgage companies. There's very few. Right. It's all the banks. Um, you have to put a substantial amount of money down in general. And we're talking about 40%. Okay. 30, 40%. A, a three-bedroom home... In the nicer part of Jerusalem, okay, mm-hmm. take a guess what it goes for. Three bedroom, bedroom home in the. Are you I talking the Ledoux? Are you saying the Ledoux of Jerusalem? Or are you saying the Webster Groves of Jerusalem? I or? would say somewhere between Webster Glo- Groves and Ledoux. What okay. do you think? All right. So I would say three bedrooms, six hundred thousand dollars. Closer to two million. Really? Closer to two million. Two million. Right. And the way it works to get a mortgage in Israel, you got to put 40% down, usually, which is a substantial amount of money. They don't really care where the money comes from, whereas in this country, you have to document the heck out of where it comes from to make sure there's no money laundering. Right. You get a letter from your employer as to what what your income is and that you got a job. Okay. Right. That's pretty much it. So I have- Fixed rates. There's no fixed rates. They're all adjustables. Well, how how many years? Uh, you can do thirty year adjustable, but they're adjustables. They they go based on whatever the markets are. They go up and down. Right. You don't get a thirty year fixed rate like you get in this country. Oh wow! So if you ever are com- going to complain about the mortgage situation here in our country, take a look at Israel, where you got to put forty percent down and it's an adjustable. Why wouldn't here. they just piggyback onto the American system? I talked to them about it, and I talked to them about creating a credit reporting system. Um, you know, things don't always work logically. 
We're I, used I, to it this way. I, I remember I remember my buddy from St. Louis moved to Israel, okay? And you ever see those large containers that go on ships? That's how you transport right. the furniture yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. And it comes to Israel, and there's a lock where the two, the bolts, you know, the, the chain meets. Mm-hmm. And a, a big guy comes to, cut, to, to open up that lock, and he takes chain, you know, bolt cutters, mm-hmm. and he cuts... The chain in the center and it falls down. Right. So my friend asked him, "Why didn't you just put the key in the lock and open it?" That's not how we do it here. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how we do it here. And if you ever worry about efficiencies in the United States, right? Take a look at other countries because it's, so that's so you so you go to one bank you say what will you give me you go to another bank what will you, you give me you go to me? one bank you go what do you need me another bank and and they kind of haggle with you back and forth and then right. you get your mortgage and that's pretty much it you put forty percent down they don't really care too much about your credit I think you need a reference letter of some sort just to establish that you're so they they don't know what your past credit history is if you're putting forty percent down. And and you know here the foreclosure process is three months four months there they just kick you out that's the end of it so you're mess. you sold a two million dollar home you're putting ninety nine hundred thousand down well, the bank million, feels pretty comfortable they can take your house yeah, and kick you out and sell good. it and and the real estate in Israel even under these circumstances that are presently taking place is skyrocketing I stayed in an Airbnb in the Jerusalem near the Western Wall right. And it was beautiful, uh, four bedroom house, three bath, and stuff like that. It's a, it's an apartment. You don't get really get houses in Jerusalem, and it's probably about a thousand square feet, twelve hundred square feet, and they want four and a half million dollars to sell it. So but the prices there are just skyrocketing more and more and more. And more. I, obviously, because there's just not enough land. It's no, there's plenty of land. It, it's location, location. You know, people uh, want to be okay. near the Western Wall, right. or they want to. There's tons of land. There's desert all over the place. Right. You know, yeah. they're they're constantly building, but they have the same challenges building that we do. You know, they can't find enough people to work. Right. They can't find the materials they need. So it's it's very, it's very inflation oriented, just like we have here. Wow. Stuff like that. Two million for a three Two bedroom house in, in a moderate neighborhood, in a good neighborhood. Yeah. You're looking at six million, five to six million. I saw a three bedroom. Two bath apartment in Jerusalem Center, and they wanted four and a half million dollars for it. Wow! So, All right. be thankful for our houses here in St. Louis for three hundred thousand. St. Louis is definitely isolated from the outside world, if you will, in a lot of ways. St. Louis is in a lot of ways. Um, even our country as a whole, the ability to get a mortgage by putting one percent down, right, or nothing if you're a veteran. Or nothing if you're buying it. So they don't have any programs like that. Is that the way it is in most of Europe, or is that just... Other parts of Europe are very similar. Very similar. Um, I'm not aware of credit reporting systems in, like, France or Germany and those places. Uh, You know, we should probably dedicate a show just to give you updates on what some of these places are. It's really interesting. But I did check into it in Israel while I was there. I said, you know, how does this all work? Well, you were thinking about opening up an office. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not anymore. No bagels over here. We only offer falafel loans. That's it. <laughs> well, right, the so, falafel loans. So back here in in the good old U.S. of A., what are rates doing? I I haven't talked to you in a while. Well, they dropped. You know, back in December they started dropping, and then they went back up. The CPI, which is the inflation report that came out, right. actually surprised everybody, and there was a 0.3 percent, which you may not think is a lot, right? But there was a 0.3 percent increase in the CPI, which means inflation actually went up. Um, non-farm or payrolls uh, are not kind of calming down to the levels that they wanted to. So, you know, we're a very flip-flop, or the Federal Reserve is a very flip-flop. Yeah. 
in one day yes and one day no. Knee jerk, if you will. Yeah, and that's why the bagel loans are great because. You know, there's an old saying. I don't know if your mom said it, but my mom or my dad said it. A bird in a hand is better than two in a bush, right? right? So if you have to refinance and you have to pay $3,000 in fees, you want to catch it at the best available rate because you don't want to keep paying every time you refinance. With the bagel loan, there's no cost. So if you refinance now and then the rates go down in six months, you just do it again. Right. If you have to pay all those fees, ain't worth it to do. So I know. So your formula is different than somebody else's formula who... Because I, before I ever met you, I would call somebody. They say, "Well, wait a little more until they come down again." Because we're going to charge you. They wouldn't say this, but basically, it was we're charging you five thousand right. dollars. Wait a little more. What's the formula for you? Do you tell people a quarter of a percent, half a percent? Well, I usually go a quarter percent, and if you owe more than two hundred thousand, if you can't get the bagel loan because the loan amount's too small, right. let's say a hundred thousand dollars. You got to wait until you have enough of a savings where it's beneficial to recoup the costs related to the transaction. Right, but okay? but but you you refinance do, people with a quarter, quarter percent. percent, yeah, and just do it again and do it again because it's fifty seventy five bucks or right. whatever it is a month. There there is an area that people don't understand about refinancing because it's not always the rate. Okay, we did a marketing campaign right before I left for vacation. Mm-hmm. We got a tremendous response on that. If you have an FHA loan, okay, and you borrowed more than 90%, even if your rate's in the sixes, okay, it's worth it to refinance because you're not going to pay the PMI anymore. So you knock off the PMI. Right. So that you have to evaluate not just the rate, but how much you're actually saving dollar-wise. So, so if, you, if, you're, if you're refinancing out of a PMI, your rate might be a quarter of a percent higher, especially, but you're spending a lot less. Right, especially with the FHA, because the PMI, if you borrow more than 90%, which most people, when they buy a house, they put 3% down or 3.5% right. with FHA, right. the PMI never goes away. It stays on that loan forever. Really? So, yeah. Just, I mean, they charge you one and three quarter percent as a fee to the government, and the PMI never, ever, ever goes. You can owe $100 actually had something like this. You can owe $100 on your mortgage and the PMI is 150 and you have to make a $250 payment and that's the only amount that you owe on your mortgage. Never goes away. Ever. Ever. How many people know that? They don't know it. Right. They don't know it. So if you have an FHA loan and your rate is, say, in the sixes, you ought to refinance now and switch it to conventional loan. There is another program that we have. It's called an FHA Streamline, and this is a very, very big deal. FHA Streamline, or VA Earl, I-R-R-L, are both very similar, okay? You can go from one FHA loan to another FHA loan, if you don't qualify for the conventional, Mm -hmm. or VA to another VA. You don't do an appraisal on the house. If you don't have a job, it's fine. You can be jobless. Really? And it's you just automatically go from one loan to the next, and it's so you change out one loan for another yeah. within the same system, same program, same program, right. and they don't care. They don't care. And there's some sticky things, like for example, you have to make at least seven mortgage payments. Okay. Okay. On the VA six on the FHA in order to qualify for this. Okay. But I'm taking a customer right now. Their credit score is low, and their rates in the mid mid to upper sixes, and they're going to the fives. With no closing costs to another FHA loan, and he lost his job. Wow. So he's going to save $170 a month on his payment, 
not have a job. That's right? interesting. No let me ask, let me ask this question about no job. What about like Ubers and DoorDash and the gig economy? Do people come to you and say, "Hey, I'm doing X amount on this. Does this qualify long, me for a loan?" As long as your tax returns reflect your income and you're not writing everything off, you're fine. So it doesn't. You know, the gig economy works. Huh? You, yeah, I've got Uber. I, we've had Uber customers. You have to have a history of doing it. You can't say, "Hey, I started Uber last week and I'm making <laughs> right. big money on it." If you've done it for a year or two, right, and your tax returns reflect your income from Uber, you can be an Uber driver. Doesn't matter. No. Yeah. 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 Those Uber guys make some money. Yeah, they do. Yeah, no, that's why I was- I mean, I've seen, I don't want to say who and what, but I've seen Uber guys make uh, upwards of seventy, eighty thousand. Yeah, no, there's, there's, right, well, that's why I was saying. I, I've, I've talked to a couple people uh, in the banking industry who were like, yeah, no, he's an Uber driver. I was like, oh, and that counts? And they're like, yeah, we don't, we don't care how he make. it's legal, we don't care how he makes his money. I had a bank teller who was making $50,000 a year at a bank. He's working there for three, four years. He was up for the management position- in that bank, is going to manage a bank. They're going to pay him some like sixty five thousand dollars a year right. to do whatever managing in that particular branch he was going to do. So I make more money with Uber, and I get my own hours. Right. I want to be a bank manager. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. Yeah, no, so, it's no, a, it's some a, of these guys. Yeah, make, no, those those, those those side hustles are are great. But I mean, those side hustles that you can then put on your 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 loan docs. Right, you and work it, for Uber. It's, it makes it right there. now. You have to have some consistency, right? And you have to have a history of doing it. If you don't have the history and you started three months ago, it's yeah. not going to work. Back to the FHA and the uh, PMI. When I first got into this buying a house, I had no concept of what a PMI is, and I still only because I know you so well, and I've been doing this now for a while. Do I know? But I suspect there are lots of people who call you up who don't even know they're paying PMI. Uh, We canvassed, this was about six months ago, we canvassed 20 people, wide range of ages, Mm. from I would say from about 25 to about 40, and it go much higher than that. It seems like the older folks, your age, my age, okay? (laughs) Well, once you sort of go through the... Go through you know, a couple times, they get a sense of it. Out of 25, I think it was 19, I had no idea what product they had, what the interest rate was exactly, and if they're paying the PMI. Yeah. No idea, no concept. Yeah, yeah. Now, then we asked another 25 people what the interest rates are on their credit cards. And out of 20, I think we did about 25 people, the same 25, none of them knew. What I the have no rate. idea what the no, credit rate is on they my knew credit an idea. I know it's 20-something. Right. I know it's insane. Right. They, don't, they, don't, they had an idea that it was high. Right. But they couldn't tell me exactly how high. Most of those folks didn't carry credit card balances. Right. I'd say about 60 to 70% didn't have balances, so really didn't care. Right. But there were half of them, or close to half of them, maybe 10, that do carry balances, five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, and still didn't know what their rate is on their credit cards right. or how it works. Or what if they just figure, hey, I get the bill, I pay it every month, and that's the end of it. Seems like you never get it paid off when you pay for payment. Right, right, right. But which is true. But that's people don't know. So, uh, what would you recommend for somebody who's listening to this, or a parent who's listening to this who wants to help out the 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 children? On your statement, does it say if you're paying PMI? On your state, well, some mortgage companies hide it. Okay, uh, there's a mortgage company out of Florida, and they'll give you your monthly statement. And they'll say principal and interest, and then they'll say escrow. Right. And other. Okay. And they'll combine the PMI with your taxes and insurance, 
to give you one big number. So they don't know. So they hide it. Right. Okay, you're paying it, but they kind of, you know. Who gets the PMI money? The government. The government gets it. The government. Yeah, the history with the FHA was, FHA was meant to be a loan down payment. It's supposed to stir up home ownership amongst people that had minimum down payments. Uh, in those days, to get a conventional loan, you had to put down 20%. Mm-hmm. So this was 3.5%. By putting down less money, there were more defaults. Right. Because they were also giving it to people with lower credit scores. Sure. So more defaults. So how are they going to recoup the defaults? They used to charge a, a fee of 1% or 2% to be able to fund the defaults. Well, that wasn't enough. Then they started charging monthly PMI. Okay. Okay. Now the monthly PMI went down last year because there was a surplus. <laughs> oh, okay. So of PMI. Okay. So the government can't keep that money, so they did reduce it. And but in today's world, you get hit with the with the fee up front with the one and three quarter percent fee, right? Which is non refundable, and you get hit with the monthly PMI, which may never go away to recoup that. So, so when you say the federal government gets it, does. That doesn't go into the general fund. It doesn't go into Social it goes, Security. It no, goes it goes the, into FHA's fund to help fund their organization right. and to basically offset any defaults that happen on the way. Right. So when a bank, when a mortgage company does a loan, it's insured by an entity. Uh, if it's FHA, it's insured directly by by the government directly. Right. If it's a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac loan, these are government proxies. They're not exactly the government, but right. the control of government. Yeah. Then they go to them as a fee to insure the loan. But that's how all mortgages right. work. And and so they assume that once you I, this product where the PMI never goes away, otherwise it used to go away when you own twenty percent of the 80, house. When you're up to eighty percent, it would drop. Yeah. Now if you borrow less than ninety percent on an FHA loan, you'll it will drop at a certain point. Oh, automatically. Automatically. Okay. But. If you borrow, say, 75% of the value of the property on FHA loan, you will still have PMI and you'll have it for five years. Oh, okay. So it doesn't matter what percentage that you're borrowing at the time that you actually make the loan. Right. In in effect, not getting PMI, you'll still have it, but it will drop after five years. If you borrow more than 90%, then the PMI never goes away. Right. Now, this is obviously, these are not the best programs, but- if you want to get a house, you got to bite the bullet. This is the only way to go. It's better than nothing. Yeah, I had a customer on Friday. They're buying a house. Um, they want to put the minimum down that they can do now. And I was telling you that FHA was meant originally for home ownership and right. down, a low down payment. Conventional is caught up. So this person had a 630 credit score, 635 credit score. They were eligible for conventional loan, but the payment they would make on the conventional loan was $300 or more than $300 more a month to get conventional, so they're going to opt with the FHA mm. to get the lower payment. Mm-hmm. Now, the way this all works, okay, here's where I'm going to tell you something I think you never learned from me. Oh. Okay? Okay. Insuring a loan, okay, by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or FHA comes with cost. If Fannie Mae is going to insure a loan, they're going to charge a fee in order to insure the loan. Okay. They're not doing it Makes great. Sense. Okay. FHA, what they do is they do the same thing, but the way they collect the money for the fee is different with FHA than it would be conventional. Of course it is. So with FHA, they give you a lower rate, but they whack you with that one and three quarter percent fee. Mm-hmm. So if you borrow 200000 you're going to pay them, okay, you're going to pay them uh, 
$1,350. bucks. We're going to get into the math of that in a second, but I don't want to stop you. Right. You're on a roll. Thirty-seven fifty as an upfront fee. The rate's lower. You get a rate of five and three quarters to 6%. Mm-hmm. Conventional says, okay, we're going to give you a rate of 6.5%, but we're not going to charge you that higher fee. We're going to take the fee and spread it over in the, in the, higher, in the form of a higher rate. Mm-hmm. Where it's more beneficial with conventional, because if you pay off that loan earlier, you 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 don't you don't pay that you don't pay that full one and three quarter percent fee. The vig, right? Right, yeah. the vig on it. So right. that's the better way to go. It's always better to go conventional versus FHA. So we're yeah. So I think we got to take a break. Do we have to break? Well, let's break. I want to yeah. ask you about the math of that one percent or whatever you thought. Yeah, about. we'll come back to that in a minute. You're listening to uh, McGraw Millhaven show. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. Don't turn that down. Stuart Rosenblum here with uh, McGraw Millhaven talking mortgages and uh, make sense kind of financial stuff. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the program. My wife's an uptown girl. Your wife is a saint. I don't know if it's uptown or downtown, but she's a saint. She she is a she saint. She is a saint. I married up. I I know Catholics have saints. I don't know if Jewish community. Uh, you saints. know what? In this world, I'll take anything. Okay, your wife is uh, an angel. She is an angel to she's put up great. with you. She to puts give up you with those me. Beautiful children. And, and, Are you oh, kidding God. me? It's incredible what she does. One one of your children is nicer than the next. All well, well mannered and behaved, and just members of society doing great things. Are you trying to like demote me? No, or I'm just diminish saying. My, I'm yeah. sure you were in there somewhere. Somewhere but I contributed. Somewhere you just did something right. My, my wife, my wife, you told got out of the way and let here's, her do here's, it. Here's on the financial part. She says to me, and just this kind of funny thing. So we're discussing in Israel. We actually discussed it before Israel, and I may have mentioned it on the show before. She says to me, "I said, honey, you're." You're, oh, that's maybe her on the phone. I don't know. <laughs> she goes, she goes, um, you're, I know I spend a lot of money. I know you have that problem. Or I know I have a problem. She says that to she you. She says to me, oh, she says to me, I have a problem. I spend a lot of money. I know. I said, honey, it's not your problem. It's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> so when we, we were in Heathrow Airport because we flew through London. Okay. And uh, she loves Heathrow Airport. So, I don't, have you been to Heathrow? Um, yes, I don't remember it all that. It much. is a gorgeous. Those European uh, airports are like malls, stunning yeah. malls yeah. with Gucci yeah. and, and all these name brands. And uh, we went shopping there a little bit. And she just, I mean, she wanted to lay over there so she can go yeah. shopping in Heathrow Airport. Yeah, it isn't like the t-shirt shop out at Lambert. No. No, it's it's, not, <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah. No, I saw ticket items there for 10000 20000 Yeah. They yeah. must have some really big spenders going through there now. Yeah, yeah, you can get gummy bears or a t-shirt or some gum and a yeah. paper out of Lambert. I, and you can buy Rolexes all over the world in these all places. All over the world. Yeah. And these, unbelievable. I bought I bought a uh, card wallet. You ever see those wallets you put credit cards in? Yeah, just, yeah. It was 50 bucks in yeah. hers, but that, that was my extent yeah. of my... Did you go through the duty-free shop? Yeah, I think it's a scam. <laughs> because I looked at, I looked at Johnny Walker Blue. Yeah. 
and it was a hundred bucks more expensive. Duty free though. Yeah, but you don't pay taxes. Big deal. <laughs> it used to be when we were kids. There's, there's no fees. What are you talking there's about? There's no fees. It used to be when we were kids. You go through a duty free shop in the airport, and right. you got the same price, but no tax. Right. Uh-uh, not, not yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. I know. I don't know how it works. I don't really know if it works, but. I'm bored and I got a four hour layover, so I go buy something. She bought her favorite thing, Joe Malone, that's her perfume, and it was about 30% cheaper with no tax. Yeah. Okay. So that worked out. All right. Good. I know they have like those giant bags of M&M's. Giant bags of M&M's. They have these things called flakes, which are a real good chocolate thing. Yeah. Whatever. She went shopping. Yeah, we, had a, we had a good time. All right. All right. Anyway. So now you talk about uh, 1% of the purchase price. That's the lingo you use, right? Where it's cost you 1%. One right? and three quarters on FHA. One and three quarters. And so on. You hear that. It costs you a point. costs you one and three. What does that mean? Break that math down for okay. me. Okay. First of all, if you go to a lender, and let's say today's rate six and six and a half percent. Okay. Okay. If they're, if they're going to charge you, and let's use $200,000 as an example. Okay. Okay. They're going to tell you our rate today is six and a quarter, but you have to pay a point. Okay. Now, you would think, oh, I got to play tennis, get a point. Right, what does that okay. mean? Right. So a point is equal to 1% of the loan amount. Okay. Okay, now, if you're going to pay a point on $200,000, which is saving you a quarter percent, that means you're going to save $500 a year in interest. Quarter percent of 200000 is 500 bucks, right? Okay. Okay. Right. If you have to pay up front $2,000, how many years does it take you to recoup Four years. Four years. The average loan is a little bit over four years. That's it. Most people refinance to sell their house within that four-year period. That number actually got lower since COVID came into play and rates dropped tremendously. Oh, right. So well, yeah, that was, it skewed and, it. And this, and this now inflation- Now it's going to go longer, probably. Now, no, now it's going to go shorter again because inflation and the Federal Reserve in, in artificially increased the rates to lower or to control uh, people buying things. All right. So the rates got so high, everyone's going to refinance next year. Well, except so, that there's a whole bunch of people who have threes who aren't right, going to refinance. Who aren't going to do it, so right. it's, yeah. It may average it out. But, okay. but in any event, that's what you have to look at. You have to look at, okay, is it worthwhile for me to pay the 1% and to and to get it $50 or $500 a year or $40 less on the payment right. when it's going to take me four years to recoup the $2,000 I spent? Gotcha. And that's where the mistake comes in. So we, remember we talked about that discussion earlier where the lady went FHA because it's three hundred dollars a month less, right? But she had to pay thirty five hundred in a fee to the government to get that three hundred dollars less payment, right? So that's a year of recoupment before she breaks she even. breaks even, right? In this case here, we did it because she wasn't comfortable enough with this strange world that rates are going to go down that quickly, and she's okay if she ends up refinancing in six months and losing 1500 bucks. Right. So she's she, okay. she hedged her bets. She hedged it, and she said, you know what? I'm paying the $1,500 as an insurance policy to make sure that if the rates don't go up, I'm not paying an extra $300 a month. So when you have a one-year recoupment cost, that's a lot more attractive than a four-year recoupment right. cost. And that's why I told her I'm not against you going the FHA because if, if a year passes or you don't refinance, you're right. ahead of the game. Well, this is what I say with Kevin Lloyd all the time, right? Not every strategy works for every single person, right. but she made an informed decision. 
she wanted a certain something. She wanted to feel comfortable because of, for whatever reason, you then put her in the right loan for her comfort zone. Right. And that's the big challenge you have with any mortgage lender is you want to make an informed decision, but where do you get that information from? Right. Everyone tries to jam you into the same loan. Right. So you have to go with somebody that's going to simply or explain to you things in a simple fashion, and then you can make the decision of which way do you want to go. Right. I have another loan. We're going to take it on a break, but I have another loan that we did. It's actually in Florida. They're borrowing borrowing about $600,000, and they're kind of deciding between putting 10% down and 20% down. And if 10% of the purchase price, which is 63000 in this case, uh, they're going to save about $450 to $500 a month in their savings. They don't consider that enough of a savings to put the extra $63,000 down because their feeling is they're going to refinance in six months. They're paying PMI now. PMI is probably going to not exist when we refinance it because the housing prices right. are going up, so they'll be under 80%. It's not worth it to them right. to do it. Right. So they said no. Another customer we dealt with had a similar situation and said, look, I got to put $50,000 more down. I'm going to save $5,000 a year. That's a guaranteed 10% return on my money. I can't make 10% on anything these days guaranteed right. and safe. You're not losing the money because it's going the equity of the house. Right. I'm going to go ahead and put it down. Again, again, their comfort level, their thought process. One wants to hold on to the house and then wants to sell the house or whatever else. Right. Point is, you allow them to pick or figure out the best loan for Right. Them. My job and every lender's job is to get you to understand in simple terms right. what all the options are so that you can make the decision. Well, you you've done make. that for me a couple of times where you call me up and you're like, look, what do you... And I go in there with my set of facts... And you call me up, and at the end of the phone call, you're like, no, 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 think about it this way. And then I'm like, oh, I never thought about it that way. I've been telling you this, but I didn't, yes, let's do it that way. So you informed me of a better way to get to what I wanted. That's a sign of a good lender. That's a good sign of a good doctor. A doctor will tell you these are the circumstances, and this is what your options are, and you understand it. To pick for you, which most lenders do because they like to be in control and make the money, it's not a good lender. Right. Okay. Yeah, use this loan. I make more money off you using this loan. Right, right, right. All right, folks, we're going to take another break. 314-324-4440. Mortgages and more with Stewie and McGraw. We'll be right back. Have our listening audience. <laughs> uh, we don't care. That's right. Can we dedicate today's show to the passing of Bud Harrelson? That's right. Wow. 79 years old, oh, Bud Harrelson. 1975, 1969. The Fruit. only person in uniform 
1969 and 1986, the two World Series. Oh, that's right. He was the third base coach. The third ba- wow. I did not know that. Yeah. And in 1973, when he got into the fight with Pete Rose. Yeah. Remember that? Then I do remember that. Pete Rose went out to left field, and people uh-huh. started chucking, chucking beer the, bottles or anything. Right. Uncle Charlie was in left field. That's right. And when I asked Uncle Charlie, did you throw beer at Pete Rose? He said, what are you, an idiot? Why would I throw a perfectly good beer at him? <laughs> I, I threw my hot dog at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was good. I got, I got a good. Um, I got you know when they gave out when they gave out the programs in those days. They used to have a picture of the team that would yeah. fold up and fold back. Yeah. Down. So I have the 1975 one. I think is my first baseball game. I was seven at that time or something like that. And I remember Buddy Harrelson, right? Being Buddy like Harrelson, Joe Torre, Buddy Harrelson, yeah, uh, Yogi so Berra. I think was seven, in there. Must, Yogi Berra might have been the manager of that team. In I, you know, I, and not to get into it, but I got a I got a bone to pick. I was reading last night, and I, I realized I think it was the All Star Game two three years ago. They they honored the best of all. Um, players yeah. in baseball, and Yogi Berra wasn't there. I don't know about that, but Yogi Berra is, his character might have overshadowed his career, but if you look at his career, he is... I would think, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Three-time MVP. Right, and he wasn't he's, one of those guys that was catcher, on there. No, no, I mean, Yogi is, for, forget his Yogiisms. just as a yeah. player. And he was such a nice guy yeah. and everything, yeah. and, and he wasn't in the top five. Yeah, and that's crazy. Something's wrong with that. All something right, let me wrong. ask you this, this question. So um, let's talk uh, rental properties real quick. Yeah. So you don't, is there a, is there a, you can finance some rental properties? Or well, how how big can you go four to Four family units are going to be your best bet or For, less. Through you or just in general? Through us. In, through in general. Okay. In general. Right. If you go above a four family unit, it's considered commercial property. Okay. Like a storefront. Got it. Okay. Right. If you do four family or less, you're going to get thirty year fixed rates. You're going to get good rates in general, right? And less down payment, twenty twenty five percent, twenty five percent down. If you go the ten units, you can do twenty percent down, but you're going to get a commercial loan with an amortization of twenty years and a balloon after three years. You got to oh. pay it off, refinance. Oh, okay. And then when there's those balloons, you know, if you have made your payments or you have a problem, you can't get refinanced. You got to sell the property, or you may get a higher rate if rates went up. So that's high finance. Anything over four. It's high financing. There was there was a very interesting event that happened in our country that people aren't talking about. Okay. There was a tremendous amount of loans, commercial property loans, that people got during COVID mm-hmm. at rates of 3%, 4%. Very low, yeah. They were good for three years, and then you had to adjust to the market. So last year, people went from 3% to 8%. Right. So you're saying these commercial properties... Had to jump in interest rates, right? So, so now they got to refinance with the higher interest rates. There is a little bit of cloud over the commercial market right now. Um, office buildings—it's very difficult. If you own an office building, it's very difficult to refinance or to get finance right now mm-hmm. because banks during COVID were getting killed. Everyone was leaving the office space, right? So banks don't want to lend because people haven't returned to work. Well, if it's a jump in 
interest rates. That means it's a jump in price, okay. which means you got to jack up. You got to jack up the rent, which people aren't willing to pay at a time when retail is a little sketchy because That's you're right. either buying on Amazon or you're not going to work. I talked to a friend of mine at a bank uh, here, and all of a sudden their defaults are picking up because where the cash flow was great at three percent, it ain't great at eight percent. Right, and the banks did not underwrite these loans. With consideration that rates in two or three years are going to jump up to significant It was amounts. artificially low. It was so artificially low. In. They jumped in. They made their loans. They had incentive to give as many loans as they could. That's where a bank makes money. Right. So they weren't thinking about the future. They were thinking about today. All of them or these big commercials were three-year deals, and all of a sudden their rates are now 7 8%. So why, why is the four family considered residential? It's more marketable. More marketable. It's more marketable. Yeah. Okay. If you have, you have owner occupied too. Yeah. I guess. You can do owner occupied. Right now you can get a conventional loan with 5% down on a four family. So you, a lot of young folks, because these people's wives don't want to. You know, move into a four family. They got wife, they got their wives, they got the kids. They, right. they want a house. Yeah. Okay. But if you're young guy out of college or you're single and you want to start creating some wealth for yourself, you buy a four family house, you put 5% down. You still have to put down 20%. Right. Put 5% down and you got three other. And, and you live in one of them, yeah, rent out the other them, three. And you pay your mortgage, your mortgage and then some. I wish somebody would have hit me over the head 20 years ago and told uh, me to do that. I, got, I try as many times to tell young folks this is a easy way to really build cash flow and wealth. Right. And some of them just don't want to listen because yeah. you really can't lose. You know, outside of the property falling apart and you're not fixing it, you're not making your mor- your payments. Right. Houses will continue to appreciate over time. Right. You won't have to pay capital gains tax as it appreciates, and the rents are going to continuously rise over time. And then the minute when when you're ready to go be an adult and buy a house, just rent out the fourth apartment. Rent out the fourth apartment. You're ahead of the game and you're making money. Right. Yeah. And then you can do it again for a second one. You can bounce from year to year to a second. Why you wouldn't can, you have, when you're 24, 25, 25. 26? By the time you're 30, then you get married, you move into a house, you've got five rental properties. They're all producing rents for you that are covering the mortgage, and then some you make. Right. Life yeah. is good. Yeah. But t- try telling a 24-year-old. To do no, this. that's true. That's why they're 24. That's why they're 24. <laughs> 314-324-4440. That's my personal cell phone number. Rents are still rising, which is part. Well, I'm sorry not to jump in, but part of that problem is with these commercial loans. Okay, they're so going up. You got to go. You have to jack up the the rents because the interest rates are not right. So we're up. going back to the old philosophy of hey, if you're paying twenty five hundred dollars a month in rent or two grand in rent, you can buy a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house and pay less, right. and you got your own house. So which is going to be smarter for you? So I, I have a guy that's actually bought houses over the last couple of years, and he said, "Look, I just bought the house, so my rent is going. So I'm paying myself the rent, right. and then eventually he keeps flipping them and making money, and now he's buying a six hundred thousand dollars house, and he's putting two hundred thousand dollars down because of the houses he bought over right. the last five years. Yeah, so yeah. smart way to go. Yeah, no, it's a really interesting." game to play, and especially if they allow you to buy something with just 5% down. Right. So if you have an FHA loan and you and you can't refinance it into conventional loan, you don't have a job, and you want to just save money, if you're in the sixes on the FHA, we'll take you from FHA with to another FHA. No appraisal required, no job required. Same thing with VA. From VA to another VA, you'll be in the fives or lower. For a VA, that's you can it. get low fives. Yeah. That is fives. an alphabet sandwich. Here. Here's easier. Here, here's your market. sandwich. Here's your here's your okay. marketing ploy. 
If you're looking to buy or want to refinance, call Stuart. Okay, there you go. He'll run the numbers for you. He'll let you know if you have VA, ABC, EFD. You know, my wife, you remind me a little bit, not physically, of my wife, because I was having lunch with her. <laughs> She's a beautiful I was, woman. Uh, yeah, I was I'm having lunch man. with her a week ago with my daughter in Jerusalem yeah. and my daughter's friends. And my wife says to me, look, I have to be on the show. I said, why do you have to be on the show? And he st- she starts to tell her, my, my daughter's friends, well, he can be a little bit boring. <laughs> and I got I got a guy to spell it out and I'm make not, it a little I'm bit more interesting. Boring. I'm just saying it's a little too in the weeds. Right. If you're looking to buy or refinance, Google the big alone. Get to Stewart. He'll That's take right. Care or you can you. Google donut alone from what I hear. Anyway, 314-324-4440 or just Google the big alone. Folks, you're listening to Mortgages and More with Stewie and McGraw on the Big 550. Have a great week. Guaranteed you had the time of your life because the Mets are really something to fall. Not the most home run.